0: hello did you miss us we are introducing the new version of beyond the present it's called let's talk version of btp podcast and this version danny and i dive into one of those in-depth intellectual talks we all love enjoy hello everybody we're back with the let's talk version of btp i have danny here with me hey danny how's it going
1: Man, life is fantastic, buddy. Great trying to do this uh, new style of our B2B podcast. Basically, I like it.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Great. So, today we're going to talk about relationships. Obviously, we ma- mainly mean the romantic type of relationships. Oh, Ooh. boy. That's right. <laughs> I kind of like it. Yeah. I I'm going to look warm in here, man. I'm going <laughs> to look warm in here. starting to sweat. Oh, my gosh. Temperatures rising. Summer's coming. Right. Absolutely, man. <laughs> All right. All right, man. So, I'm going to give you a broad idea of what I think and my past experiences of relationships, then I wanted to basically give your version as well. So in my personal uh, experience, I've never been in a very long-term relationship. So what I had was a good, like, you know, a good time or friendship or whatever. So so one might say I'm not too. Friendship sure. or whatever, but because the word
1: friendship has a meaning, buddy. <laughs>
0: well, I, are you talking about like friends for benefits or something? Well, a little bit better than that, uh, but. Awesome! Uh, I'll I like it. <laughs> I'll Pretty leave, cool. I'll leave that to our audience's imagination. Uh, oh I, I my! Yes. <laughs> you got my imagination right here, buddy.
1: <laughs> All sorts of things right now. Pretty cool.
0: <laughs> okay. Don't get too imaginative here. But getting back, yeah. So. Uh, based on what I had, I always enjoyed myself, but there was sometimes always this aching for something more, something more profound, perhaps. I don't know whether it's, this is like uh, a false desire, biological desire. uh, Well, biological, not really, but you know, evolutionary desire, I might say to form something greater or rather this is some inner calling. So I want I want you to basically start by defining your, uh, version of relationship uh, and then uh, tell me is this do we have to get something profound or or is it evolutionary uh, bias that we have or what do you think it is
1: well that's actually quite a great question you asked right here the fact of the matter is that relationships are unfortunately a lot more complicated than our societies would like to somehow uh, tell us the problem here is this we have a lot of inclinations most of which, of course, are biological in nature and are programmed evolutionarily in us in order to survive and reproduce. Now, at the same time, we also tend to have a lot of psychological and emotional needs that also need to be met. So the, from my perspective, you see it is uh, that in the modern world, we have this one fit for all kind of solution for everybody, which is called monogamy and marriage, that is thought to be the only moral solution and all others are problematic. Now, quite frankly, as you know me, I'm a a fan of uh, finding the, you know, the balance and everything.
0: So you mentioned are there any biological. Excuse me, Dan. You got cut off like two seconds ago. Can you repeat that again?
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, so the fact of the matter is that I'm a per- I'm personally a huge fan of basically finding the middle ground. That is, uh, in w- what the society tells us right now, of course, is quite interesting, and it is one of the solutions that I think uh, could be used. But that is not uh, the only solution, of course. Now you mentioned about your uh, biological drives. That is, of course, a fact. I mean, the fact uh, the fact of the matter is that we have certain evolutionarily uh, basically designed uh, uh, desires and inclinations that are programmed in our DNA and these, by the way, are different among men and women, which means when it comes to romantic relationships and sexuality, men and women have completely different strategies programmed and wired in them by evolution. So, the fact of the matter is right now you mentioned yourself you haven't had a long-term relationship so far and, of course, it's quite nothing it's quite natural. Nowadays, uh, things are changing a little bit, especially in the West. So, before I uh, uh, delve a bit deeper into this one, I want to ask you one question. You You mentioned that you have had certain uh, desires, certain emotional, uh, basically, inclinations towards having something deeper and longer lasting. Am I
0: right? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I had both ways. I had something deep, wanting something deeper, but at the same time, I wanted something uh, more casual as well. So you had these two separate desires simultaneously? Uh, um, That's a good question. I don't know if they were really simultaneous. I I know I've experienced them individually for sure. But I don't know if they were both at the same time. I don't think they were both at the same time, no. Well, here's the thing, man. Uh, The fact of the matter is that every man, by evolution,
1: is wired in a way that he would wish to pass on his genes to the next generation. Now, when it comes to what we call reproductive success, which is mentioned in many books and textbooks about evolution, the man's definition of success from an evolutionary point of view is very different than a woman's definition of success. So here's a question. Well, let me ask you right now. What do you think uh, is all of this for anyways? I mean, reproduction. Uh, we have this huge drive for reproduction. And can you guess what is the definition of reproductive success from an evolutionary and natural point of view?
0: Isn't this just to basically get our species going and we not really extinct? This,
1: you see, this is the evolutionary drive, right. and it's about reproduction. So you want to basically – the more babies we have – again, we're talking uh, you know, about uh, the nature here. We're not talking about like the modern world or the things that we have in modern societies from a purely natural point of view. Reproductive success means you can have more offsprings. Every species that has more offspring tend to be more successful. And uh, among that species, the individuals who tend to have more offsprings are thought to be more successful. Because of all of this factor, uh, we have this uh, two very different strategy for reproductive success among men and women. So here's the thing. Before I go any further, can you guess some of the major differences, uh, you know, from a biological point of view between men and women in terms of their reproductive success?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I never thought about it. Um, So you, you mentioned biological point of view? Exactly. You
1: see, the fact of the matter is that a woman... Can give birth, on average, if you do this, you know, uh, the studies about this matter, right. and there's a great book about this, but they call testosterone. It's a great book, came out recently, actually. Oh, and really I'm about, about this, this issue that uh, a woman, uh, on, an, uh, on average, can give birth to up to 10 to 16 children, on average, of course, maximum, mm-hmm. uh, per lifetime. On the other hand, a man does not have any limitation in terms of how many babies he can have, because uh, simply he uh, will have uh, he will have the option of impregnating uh, multiple women. That is why throughout our uh, basically evolutionary history, not the modern world, our evolutionary history we did we did not have things such as monogamy, especially for men, because they were simply able to uh, have uh, pass on their genes via the help of many women. So. Uh, Because of this factor, ultimately, uh, the success when it comes to reproduction for men and women are defined differently by nature. Now, again, in the society, the definition is the same for both, but in nature, the definitions are not the same. So before I talk about the definition of success in nature, I think you can tell me now about the definition of success in uh, the modern society. Uh, What do you think is uh, that definition of success?
0: I mean, we talked about it, I think, in our first episode of BTP, we gave different definitions, but... The first thing we're We're talking about just just about uh, reproductive success here. not reproductive
1: uh, success. Oh, okay. Uh, Because our society also defines what it means to be successful in terms of
0: reproduction. Right. In terms of society, we all want to have a, you know, like generally the the, the thing that is really common is that to have a family, have a couple of kids. Exactly. Yeah. Grow yourself into a family, then grow your kids, then get retired. And have kids take care of you.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. You see, the definition of reproductive and by the modern society is monogamy, a man and a woman. A man uh, will try to find a woman that is as high of a value as possible for him. That is in terms of, let's say, beauty and other factors. And a woman tries to find a man that is as high of a value as possible for her predominantly about the man's social value, wealth, and other factors. Now, these two people meet, they get married, they form a family, and then they try to raise as many kids as they can whilst remaining happy and productive and raising very healthy children. Now, Personally, I have no problem with this formula. This formula has worked for many years. Of course, it's not an efficient formula because if you take a look at the the rate of divorce around the world, worldwide, uh, unfortunately, we have some problems. So if you look at marriage, for example, as a social construct, then it's not very efficient because globally speaking, uh, almost uh, between 40 to 50% of all marriages eventually end in divorce. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, uh, I heard that uh, three-fourths of couples at some point will admit to have betrayed their partner and have cheated on him or her. So from from a social point of view, uh, this is uh, of course a system that works, not in all cases, but it does tend to work at least in half the cases. But generally that's one solution. Now let's move on to reproductive success from a natural point of view. So we're gonna now leave morality and society and ethics and all that stuff and look at uh, basically the the more animalistic, the more natural aspect of reproductive success. So can you guess what that is for either gender? Because they are different actually.
0: Well that I can't. I never thought about it. And then while you were talking about it, I was actually thinking about this concept. I have no idea. That's right. So from a natural point of view, evolutionarily speaking,
1: A man has one uh, basically genetic strategy to be able to pass on his genes to as many children as possible. Now, since a man does not have to deal with pregnancy and since a man produces millions of sperms every single day, he simply can uh, basically go around and uh, try to uh, impregnate multiple women and repeat this process while simultaneously obtaining resources to be able to feed and grow all these children. On the other hand, for a woman, things are quite different. A woman's number of eggs are limited. And more importantly, a woman technically can uh, be effectively a mother and give birth without much problem until a certain age. Now, again, in the modern world, we have the advancement in the field of medicine where many things, including uh, uh, impotency as well as uh, infertility and many other issues, are taken care of. But we do not have these techniques millions of years ago, right? We do not have things like pills that can prevent a woman from getting pregnant. Right. We do not have contraceptions uh, and none of these things. So because of this, uh, and of course, life was quite short and brutal back in the days. So because of this factor, what we see right now is for a woman, a woman's technically had about 20 years of uh, uh, basically, a span of opportunity to have as many kids as she could. And technically, based upon, uh, you know, the, and, and, you know, based upon what we've seen so far throughout history, most women could har- harbor up to, let's say, 10 to 15 kids. But for men, there were simply no limits. Now, at the same time, there's a huge problem. When a woman gets pregnant, she's practically helpless. So she cannot take care of herself. And she, more importantly, after giving birth to the child, you know, throughout the history, as you can understand, we were hunters and gatherers. I mean, we have now in the modern world, uh, our system of technology has changed everything where men and women can uh, basically have equal income sometimes uh, women can even exceed men in terms of income, education, and success. So in the modern world, things are not like this. A woman can take care of herself, can take care of her kids. That's why we have a lot of single uh, mothers in the U.S., for example. But in the past, things weren't like this. Life was very harsh and very brutal, and physical power especially was very important. So women could not take care of themselves and kids uh, at the same time, so they needed to find a man who can take care of that child. Now, Here's the fun part. Women on a DNA level have two separate desires that exist in them simultaneously. If Remember, I asked you, Poojix, did you have a desire uh, to have some fun and have something profound at the same time? And you answered, I'm not sure. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do. Well, for women, that desire is simultaneous. That is, for women, they have two simultaneous desires. And ideally, they want to satisfy both desires with one person. Now, what are those desires? The first and most important desire that exists in a woman throughout her, uh, her entire life and for as long as she's conscious is the ability to find the best genes for her offsprings. You see, a woman wants, because, you know, if, if you go back to the you know history, uh, what was the most important quality for a man or for any person in those ages? I mean, life was quite brutal. So physical power confidence, decisiveness, being able to take care of yourself, these were quite important. And because of this, women have this uh, massive desire, which is, by the way, programmed into them by evolution. This is not learned or by social or something like this. This is just evolution, uh, they have a huge desire to get the genes of the most, what we call, alpha male or strong man. So this would then allow them to be relaxed and know that their offsprings will be as strong, as tough, as cool as this one man that they find themselves quite attracted to. On the other hand, a woman also has a second simultaneous need. She wants uh, basically to be able to have a man who will provide for her and who will protect her in tough times. So here's the biggest paradox of romantic relationships for all women. The problem is this. The the type of men who usually exhibit uh, alpha behaviors and alpha characteristics generally do not like to settle down and have only one partner. That is, monogamy is a lot less common among the alpha males and the men of certain type that women find quite attractive than it is among the majority of men so because of this usually a woman there are three cases for her basically the ideal case is she finds a man who has all the alpha characteristics the cool guy that she really likes at the same time she finds a way to pair bond with him and make him commit to a monogamous relationship that's the ideal case But does it happen often? I'm not quite sure about that. I don't think so either. The second option for her is to uh, simply find uh, and mate with an average male – a male who might not exhibit those uh, alpha qualities, who might not have those specific type of jaw, or might not be particularly tall or athletic or whatever, or very confident. And she simply settles down and accepts, okay, in that case, she will not satisfy her desire to mate with a man of higher genes, but at the same time, she is happy that the man that uh, basically she is with will be loyal, will be with her the entire time, and this allows her to form and uh, basically build a family. However, she will always feel something missing. And that sense of missing ultimately is not being able to have offsprings with more alpha type genes. And this, of course, is what we nowadays we be seeing a lot in the modern world. And of course, the third type, which we also see a lot these days, is, well, <clears throat> can you guess what the third strategy is,
0: Pujix? <laughs> I don't want to guess. Okay.
1: Well, let me just make it easy for you. Third strategy for women is simply Get the genes from an alpha male, from yeah. a male yeah. to be very interesting, yeah. but then raise the child of that alpha male with a beta male that she will later marry and have a family with. Yep.
0: That
1: and sense. that is why, unfortunately, think of the United States, for example. In the U.S. alone, which is, by the way, a very uh, – when you compare U.S. with other Western countries, U.S. is rather quite moral and ethical in nature. And in the U.S. alone, we have heard up to 15% of all kids – are born out of wedlock. This means that the man who raises that child is not the biological father of that child. So this is the third strategy. So we already mentioned, for a man, he just wants to have as many babies as possible and evolutionarily speaking, he can do it in two ways. He can have a lot of kids with the same woman or he can have many kids with many different women. And evolutionarily speaking, the most efficient way, of course, is to have many children with many women. Again, you talk about like, well, dude, I mean, how many kids do you want to have? We are talking uh, about uh, animalistic and evolutionary wirings that are out of control. I and mean, you can't con- – it's kind of like eating and drinking. You just can't control it. It's just there. And for women, of course, there are two uh, major strategies. Get the alpha gene and find somebody to raise that child or or simply find a middle ground where you settle down and you just get the beta gene but, and you simply feel like there's no alpha in your life. So these are the things that are currently happening. And the reasons that, unfortunately, I mentioned about earlier about the divorce rate as well as the rate of uh, cheating among couples is this. It's because, unfortunately, the formula for monogamy does not suit either men of higher quality, nor does it suit women. However, I should tell you this. It also does not suit beta mills uh, or men of lower status because generally they also feel that uh, they, they feel uh, not s- somehow secure about themselves. Cause maybe like, Oh my gosh, what if my wife is just going to cheat on me with some mm-hmm. dude with some tattoos and whatnot? What if that guy with uh, that big guy with a jaw with huge tattoos come in and just that macho th- type basically. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Ultimately, this formula for monogamy can lead to insecurity for both uh, the beta male – let's just call it that, beta male – Uh, it it, it leads to feeling of insecurity for the woman because she simply uh, cannot find that uh, basically alpha male to mate with or if she does so then she's at the risk of being discovered and caught by uh, basically her beta husband or at the same time uh, for the alpha male there is this stigma against him like oh man you just walk around basically just uh, let's just say make love to every single girl you see or something so basically all three sides tend to get some sort of uh, problem in this process now Personally, up until now, what I gave you was the natural, evolutionarily aspect of relationships. Now, that does not mean that I do not endorse or support monogamy or marriage, for that matter, because Quite frankly speaking, when you think about it, you know, marriage is kind of like democracy in that uh, it's not the best solution, but it t- tends to be better than most other solutions if the focus is on having efficient and uh, basically a vibrant society. Where, where we have kids, or where we have families, and all those things, because we need these things ultimately. It allows the societies to move forward. But generally, from a natural point of view, we have some serious uh, discrepancy and difference between what is considered to be ethical and normal, and what is consi- from the point of view of society, and what is considered normal and natural from the point of view of evolution and nature. Mm-hmm. And this ultimately leads to a lot of problems. Now, let's go back to you in here. You mentioned I have this huge desire need for profound connection. Tell me right now about this. What do you think happened to you? And uh, what changes in your life took place that you wanted to find someone that you can have a profound relationship with?
0: So let me first clear this air that uh, I mentioned that I did have it. So as the time grows, I, this actually declines, which is actually obscure to me because one might think it should actually increase. Anyhow, um, I don't know. So you're saying that you did have a profound relationship, but over time you felt less of a connection. No, I did have the desire for a profound relationship, but over time it got less uh, desirable Interesting. to me.
1: Interesting. Yeah, right. As you got
0: basically well, somehow older. Yes. And, uh, and- yeah, and personally, I think that desire was mainly uh, influenced by the society. Or let's, let's just be real here. Uh, influenced by the media. or, or Hollywood. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Being, I mean, that's a fact, man. I'm, this yeah.
1: is just what we call social conditioning.
0: Of course. Yeah. So exactly. So I think that was, this is my, my personal view. I might be wrong, of course, but then I think that was influenced that way. And um, as time grew and I was like, you know what, that might not be the way to go because at the end of the day, I also like, per, as you mentioned, this is at the end of the day, a choice. I don't know if I'm a a monogamy kind of person. I don't know if I'm not, but I don't know if I am. So up until now, I don't know. I suppose I shouldn't be making uh, uh, ultimate decisions. Well, let me just stop you right there, Pujix. Mm -hmm. Uh, No
1: man is monogamous in nature. Understand this. Monogamy is not natural for men. Mm -hmm. Monogamy could be natural for women if they happen to find a woman that they find very attractive Because if I told you about the different reproductive strategies, you see, in an ideal case, if if a woman finds what we call an alpha male and mates with him and also persuades him to stick around and be with her, Mm -hmm. she will want to be monogamous with that man because she cannot find better genes elsewhere, right? Right. Again, we're talking on a deep subconscious level here, man. This is not about Hollywood. This is not about like social conditioning. (laughs) And yes, an right. alpha male doesn't necessarily look like a friggin' James Bond or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, and so we're just talking about like that pure, natural, animalistic instinct of a woman, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas for a man, a man's brain throughout evolution has been programmed to mate with as many women as possible. Now, does that mean that every man will mate with every single uh, girl that he sees? Of course not. And there are many reasons for that. The first of which, of course, is a choice, because some people simply make a choice. Some men make a choice and say, you know what? Yes, I have this desire to mate with many women, but I decide not to do it. Now, some people say it this way, and some people, should be honest, mating with a lot of women is simply not something that is possible for a lot of men either, neither financially nor in terms of their lifestyle, because being able to, you know, mate with a lot of women requires you to have a specific lifestyle, and that... So the second reason why many men decide Uh, to be monogamous is simply because they have no choice. Can you you repeat that last part? You got cut off again. That's right. You see, the first reason that I mentioned was because men decide not to mate with other women Mm -hmm. because of some choice. Maybe it's a religious cause. Maybe it's their cultural belief. So they decide not to do it. So they resist that natural urge. The second and most oftentimes more common uh, uh, cause for that is because men simply... Uh, cannot do it. I mean, because mating with a lot of women, especially in the modern world, requires a specific lifestyle. I mean, you have to have certain financial lifestyle. You have to have certain uh, general lifestyle and certain characteristics that will allow you to attract and mate with a lot of women. And many men simply cannot do this. So the second reason why many men do not mate with a lot of women is because they simply can't. They want it, but they can. Kind of like the guy who looks at a Ferrari and says, man, I wish I had that kind of car, but I can never buy that car, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the second reason. And of course, the third reason is what we call a sacrifice, because sometimes a man has a calling for building a family, for raising kids. And this will then uh, allow him to take much more pleasure from uh, basically the, 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 you know, the, the great feeling of being a father and raising a family than he does from mating with a lot of women. So right. that's ultimately a choice for men. And men can be monogamous. And quite frankly, I am not against monogamy.
0: Of course no but i have a question for you where do you sure. think that calling for male comes to have a family to raise children is that a biological thing too or is it social of well generally speaking the male brain is designed to uh,
1: basically what we call find an ideal species of a female or an ideal uh, basically a very healthy and young female that he can mate with and then the pair bonding for male Is much shorter than pair bonding for them, basically, um, for for a woman. So, uh, based upon most psychological research, we call this the honeymoon period Mm -hmm. uh, in the popular culture, but in social sciences, it's called. Pair bonding. Pair bonding happens when a huge amount of oxytocin is released in the brains of both individuals in each other's presence. And because of that, anytime they see each other, there's major oxytocin release in their brains, and this allows them to be pair bonded. And during the phase of pair bonding, a man is, by the way, monogamous. That Mm -hmm. is, if a man is pair bonded with a woman during that phase, he cannot be with other women because he doesn't want to. Because his mind is so occupied with that woman, thanks to the huge amount of basically pleasure hormones as well as oxytocin, that he simply does not want it. But again, nature knows this. Nature has designed a male brain to uh, basically uh, find uh, an ideal mate. Again, understand this. Pair bonding does not happen with every woman because a man does not need to pair bond with a woman to sleep with her, right? Correct. So if a woman uh, basically finds the kind of girl that he finds very attractive then he could pair a bond with that woman for up to, based upon research, it could last up to three years, by the way. Somewhere between a few uh, days and weeks, up to three years. And beyond that, the natural proceeds of basically uh, pair bonding disappears, and the person no longer experiences oxytocin in the presence of that woman, which means from then on, he will then prefer to actually mate with other women. And if he finds an ideal mate, he will pair bond with her. And this process continues throughout his life until death. So this is, by the way, a biological process. It's hormonal in nature, and it is very possible for that to happen, which is why I believe that a man uh, can actually experience the desire, the feeling, and the wanting to be monogamous during that pair bonding phase. Mm. However, for us men, that pair bonding phase does not last very long, which is why after a certain while, and of course, girls, by the way, know this. All women know this on a certain level, and that is why we have things like Marriage or other forms, right? In course. order to uh, promote basically commitment to that
0: relationship, correct. So that was fantastic. I loved it so far. Uh, can you give me, you know, oh, after all you've talked me, uh, you talked to me of all about all these things. One thing that was popping to my mind: Can we give a semi or or sort of objective definition? And what I mean by objective is that it de- doesn't depend on the person. Uh, that's right for successful whether short term or long term or any kind of relationship i don't know you want to call it successful healthy doesn't matter
1: absolutely you're right great point great point you see success in relationship is no different than success in business success in finance and health success is when you can produce results while at the same time experience joy and happiness if you have both of them if you have results and happiness, you're successful. So if there's a man right now who's married, who is happy and who is actually pr- having a lot of good kids that he's raising, he is successful by definition. Correct. Now, here's the problem with our society. All around the world, especially, of course, uh, in the West, which now it is quite common, uh, of course, the problem is getting uh, gradually decreased thanks to you know various new thought movements, feminism, and so on and so forth. And that is uh, sometimes men can find themselves in uh, monogamous relationships without either being able to produce good results or being happy. I mean, how many couples do you know who don't want to have kids? Let's be honest. So that's a technical definition of failure in that relationship. Because technically, from from a natural point of view, that's the only purpose of bonding in the first place. Secondly, of course, it is about uh, basically simply having the desire to be uh, superior mates. Maybe many men and women in their lives, they have settled maybe a guy has found the first girl next door who just happened to give him a smile. And despite not being very attracted to her, she just said, you know what? I just saw this girl in the class. So I just, I might as well go with her. Otherwise I'll have nothing. Right? Correct. So because of that, again, when you settle down, when you are with a mate that you do not find attractive, you have by definition failed in that relationship because ultimately attraction is very important. being attracted to a person does not mean that person should be perfect right you can find uh because we're not in prof- uh, profession here we're talking about like just having that pure uh natural attraction to a person mm-hmm. and that's called also failure because you're settling down you are with a guy or a girl that you do not love don't feel attraction towards and of course you just settle basically right mm-hmm. and uh, uh because we all have cri- criteria and categories that are important so uh for example let's say you have a certain desire i mean uh, and of course the characteristics that we find attractive are not just physical. They're also mental and psychological and other aspects. So, for example, for yourself, uh, have you ever thought about yourself? Uh, I mean, like, uh, have you ever thought about the kind of girl that you like, both uh, physically and, uh, of course,
0: uh, uh, psychologically, cognitively, because both are important. Absolutely, yeah. I did think about it, and I do have a very specific uh, picture, both physically right. and mentally. Yeah, that's very important. So, if you find a mate who fits that picture and then you
1: later can have a relationship that leads to the kind of results that is beneficial for both of you, and more importantly, allows both of you to experience happiness, I call that to be a very successful relationship. So ultimately, it's about getting the results while at the same time experiencing joy and happiness. Now, that doesn't mean that a successful relationship must necessarily lead to having kids. Not at all. Again, it, 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 and depends on yourself. Who are you and what do you want? So to give you a better definition of a you know successful relationship, we all have to ask ourselves one question. What do I want? Mm-hmm. You see, the problem is we live in a world of social conditioning. And not only about, I told you, this discussion, we talked about success earlier, success in mating, success in relationships is no different than success in business, success in life and sports. And the steps are this, are, are similar. The key is, what do you want? That's the first step. Most people don't know what they want. They think that uh, they don't even have a clear definition. They kind of feel certain things and they feel attraction to certain people, but ultimately they don't know what they want in a relationship. They don't know what kind of girl or boy they want to be with, and they don't know what kind of lifestyle they want to have. So the first step towards a successful relationship begins with you defining what you want What is exactly that you are willing to do to get that? And more importantly, how will that make your life better? So for me personally, long time ago, I thought about this issue a lot. And I realized that uh, having a family is something that for me personally might be quite interesting. However, I also do know that I would like to somehow explore my options. And because of this, I told myself, I'm going to put this whole marriage thing on a hold for a while while I try to learn more about myself and understand female psychology as well. Because part of being able to have a good relationship with a woman is to understand women. And the problem is most guys don't know what makes women tick. They have no clue. And they think that, oh, I just got to buy her some flowers. I got to buy her some gifts. Let me give you one tip right now to all the guys out there. Oh, it's you do not, if you need to buy gifts to make your girlfriend or wife stick around, then she's not around you because of you. She's around you because of the gifts. So please do yourself a favor and never be around a girl. Who wants to be around you because of the gifts, because of the favors and whatnot? You want to be around a girl who likes you for the sake of you, who likes to spend time with you, and that's a very important thing. And I tell basically all my basically partners in the past, I told the same thing. I said, "Listen, baby, we are here together because of love, because of connection, not because of buying gifts and stuff like this." And The thing is, most guys don't know this because they have watched these movies and whatnot, like go on a date and do these things and whatnot, and they have no clue how to actually find a mate who likes them for who they are. Now, the other point, of course, about a successful relationship is being able to self-actualize, grow. If you're in a relationship that doesn't allow you to grow, then you by definition are not growing and therefore you're failing. So mm-hmm. the kind of relationship that allows you to grow as a person, to learn new stuff, whether in a monogamous relationship or in open relationship, it doesn't really matter, whether you find yourself the chance to grow as a result of that interaction, that's very important because a relationship should either grow or die, just like a business. If a relationship is not growing, if you are not growing as a result of your involvement involved with that relationship, then that relationship is a waste of your time. You have to move on, basically. And finally, more importantly, you should make decisions for yourself. You should not let the society tell you what is the right way, what is the wrong way. You should not even let Daniel tell you what's right or what's wrong. Right now, I told you earlier, I think of monogamy as an option, and I will never say that monogamy is wrong. Never. Yep. Hell, maybe even in the future, at some point, I might still become monogamous at some point. But I don't here I don't undermine the importance of monogamy. I'm saying people should make their make up their own mind. Should understand what they want. Now, I've, you already uh, have been uh, basically introduced to what the basic natural desires of a man and a woman is. What is considered to be uh, basically natural. But ultimately, you got to make up your own mind because we, along with our physical and biological drives, we also have a lot For example, let's say a man grew up without having a good mother figure. Maybe he did not feel that he was being supported by his mother. A lot of men who find monogamy quite joyful, by the way, tend to come from this background. That is, they did not have a real mother figure, and they want to find that mother figure in form of a wife. And guess what? They have all the rights to do so. They should go ahead and do it. But let's say you, for example, you grew up in a family where your mother was supportive and loving then you do not need a second mommy. You just want a girlfriend for the sake of the pleasure of being, having, being around a girlfriend and for the sake of having a good relationship. So ultimately, we have other psychological factors. Many men approach relationship with a woman as a means of uh, getting rid of their lack of self-confidence. That is, they don't believe they're good enough So they believe that if a beautiful woman approves of me and sleeps with me and likes me, then I will feel better about myself. And that's a huge mistake, by the way. Because if you are looking to build up your self-esteem by the love of a woman, then that love will disappear at some point. Because that is a complete, uh, basically, uh, misnomer. It's like a huge, huge mistake. So many people who are in relationships, many men who are in relationships... They oftentimes use women that they are with as a means of boosting their self-esteem and say, guess what? Uh, I'm not a piece of shit. If I was a piece of shit, then why why, uh, why this girl just married me right now, right? So Mm -hmm. this is very critical. This is very critical not to approach relationships, especially as men or as women, as a means of building self-esteem. You need to do all of this by yourself. You have to build your self-esteem by nature and throughout the, you know, throughout your lifestyle by doing other things like working on yourself, self-development, all these stuff can help. So these are all important factors you should be considered before you can actually know what is a successful relationship. Oh,
0: wow. That was very fantastic. So far, I've uh, learned a lot and I, I think now I feel better about my <clears throat> previous experiments because, well, I, I don't know if I should call it experiments, but... <laughs> They, let's face it, they are experiments to some And extent. they are
1: necessary for every man. Exactly. If I were right here, I'd say every man should try with some of these things. From my perspective, that's that's very important. Otherwise, it's like education. You have to fail
0: to learn. Exactly. I, I totally agree with that. And uh, I'm, I'm feeling happy about myself and feeling uh, more directed. I think I have a better idea now. Um, Great to hear. As we are – yeah, thank you for that. Um, as we are approaching the end of our today's uh, Let's Talk version um, – Do you have any final, I don't know, tips or comments or or something that you want to conclude having said all of these, uh, having spread all of these pearls?
1: Fantastic. So I'm going to give advice separately to both women and men here, okay? First, I begin with ladies because they say ladies first, right? So dear ladies out there, understand that you have two separate desires that unfortunately tend to be contradictory at times on the one hand you want to be with a cool guy on the other hand you know deep down inside that a cool guy isn't just cool for you many other women find him to be cool so make up your mind be honest to yourself what do you want do you want to have a stable reliable relationship and raise kids Or do you want to have the thrills and the excitements of being with a man whom you find rather mm, kind of attractive? Make up your mind and then decide to how you want to satisfy your your natural urges. And please be honest with yourself. Understand that uh, if if things are too good to be true, they probably are, okay? For gentlemen, here's my advice to you. Do what Pujix did. Do not just follow the social conditioning route, especially when you're younger. Go out there, experiment, and more importantly, try to have relationships with multiple women at the beginning to understand what kind of woman actually you like. I mean, quite frankly, for me personally, it took me a lot of experiences until I find what type of personality I like, what type of behavior I like, that kind of stuff. So you need to go out there and try new things. But at the same time, please do understand that it is a choice. Now, this is for both men and women. Your relationship is your choice. You decide exactly what to do with your life. And this will then affect every other area of your life because our relationships are the most important components of our lives. And understand that monogamy is an option. Society tells us that's the only way, that's the only right way. And maybe it is for them. But generally, think of monogamy as an option, as a very good option healthy, reliable option. But if you realize that maybe you cannot fit into that category, then understand that there's nothing wrong with you and that you're not alone. There are many other people, both men and women, who do not find this type of approach towards relationship to make much sense to them. In that case, just reach out to these guys and girls and try to actually experience something new and different.
0: Awesome. This sounds really good. I think I agree with you. I think for me personally, two of the things that had the most uh, profound uh, meaning in my romantic and relationship life was, uh, first of all, understanding the choice, and at the same time, understanding uh, uh, that exp- experiencing. Basically, Exper- I think there's nothing more valuable than that than that experience that you get, whether you succeed in the relationship or not. I think the experience is, is just out. There. It, it will be there. First of all, it will be a byproduct, and it's very important. And I, and I, I think I, I agree with your comment on that. Hundred uh, percent, fantastic. Yeah, thanks, Dan.
1: Thanks. It was a very good. It's my pleasure, man. Yeah, it was a great first trial for this type of uh, program
0: we're gonna have. Hopefully, yeah, we're gonna have the, these uh, let's talk versions uh, much more. And uh, tune in for that. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, please do go leave a comment. It will help us. It will help if you liked it. It will help uh, others to get to know about this program as well and enjoy it. Hopefully. All right, uh, right, right on. Until later, see you guys soon.